welcome to episode two of Never Seen, the podcast where we watch the films missing from our filmographies, those glaring gaps in our film education, the classic or immortal movies people are shocked we've never seen. Uh, for this episode, I'm handing over to Stace, who's going to introduce the film that we all watched. So Stace, oh, actually, before I do that, how rude. I should actually introduce you. <laughs> It'd be good if we if you introduced us first so that people know whose voices are wafting around. Yeah. Wow, what brilliant <laughs> podcasting etiquette for the second episode. It's only episode two. I've we'll only get known, it's because I've known you two for so long, I'm like <sighs> <laughs> This is too much like a very sort of like verbal version of our regular WhatsApp group, isn't it? Like <laughs> basically, yeah, yeah. I mean I mean it's okay, you're the one who's doing the editing. That's so. also true. That's fine. I'm leaving it in. It's too funny not to. Okay, so let's introduce these lovely voices you've heard. We have the lovely Stacy. Bonjour. And the ever handsome Lee. Hello. <laughs> I I need to. Ch- I keep saying that hello, and I don't like it, and it's not me. I never say that. I never say hello like that. Ever. I'm almost certain we had this conversation on epi- either episode zero or episode one. <laughs> I feel like it's going to become a regular feature yeah. where Lee goes, hello, I fucking hell. <laughs> Maybe I'm we should probably, just say hi. You should you I mean, choose one. I tell yeah, you, still hi. I'll be honest, that... I'll leave it all in because, again, funny. <laughs> <laughs> but you've got from now until episode three, probably four, five, six, you know, onwards to, um, do you know what? Mix it up. You can be like Captain Pike. No, to... Saru. You be like Saru. Yeah. Try, try and figure just out. Try different yeah. greetings. Yeah. Yeah. Greetings. That'll do. That's a good one. I like that. Yeah, it's good. Greetings. It's very you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm uh, Jenny. I ought to introduce myself. I'm Jenny. Hi. Stace, introduce Hello. our film that we watched for this episode because I'm so excited to talk about it. <laughs> Honestly, I am so excited slash absolutely terrified that our friendship is going to end soon. Um, because this episode of Never Seen uh, is the, <laughs> don't quite know, totally tubular, shall we say, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Hey. Um, I, I have to apologise in advance for how long I'm about to go through uh, all the people that are in this because there's two people per turtle. Um, so it's going to take a while. So if you fancy having a little nap, now's the time to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Released on the 30th of March 1990 by director Steve Barron, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles stars Leif Tilden and Corey Feldman as Donatello, Michelin Sisti and Robbie Rist as Michelangelo, David Foreman and Brian Tocci as Leonardo, Josh Pace as Raphael, Judith Hogue as April O'Neil, Elias Cateus as Casey Jones, Kevin Clash as Splinter and James Saito as The Shredder with screenplay by Todd W. Langan and Bobby Herbeck, with a little bit of sprinkling of fun from Kevin Eastman and all, and music by John DePrez. This is legitimately one of my favourite films ever, and it still is now that I'm an adult, and it still is now that I've very recently watched it. So I believe neither of you had ever seen this before. Well, Yeah, I, I, I'd not seen it. This is, this is one of my big never-seens, or the one mm. of, of the list we've done. I think, you know, I, I tend to be the one where I, I've seen most of the stuff. Yeah. Uh, this yeah. is this is one I've not seen at all. Um, it, although, it, and, and it's kind of weird that I haven't, because obviously I'm a big comic book nut. Mm-hmm. 
And I've I've made a practice of trying to see every comic book movie that's made, which was a lot easier back in the 80s and 90s than it is now. Mm-hmm. So how this has actually passed me by, I'm not entirely sure. That um, is baffling. <laughs> it, it, it is just like a weird, it is like a proper just little gap that shouldn't be there. I mean, considering we watched Howard the Duck yeah, not so long I, ago, I am actually amazed you have this one has passed you by. I mean, normally you would say, well, I just I wasn't the right age for this one. But that's mm. not even the, that's you can't get away with that with this one. This is, well, what, no, this is for all ages. Well, this is well, this is the thing. The comic, I, I kind of the, the comic kind of I was aware of it back in the um, early 80s when it when the, the comic originally kind of broke out. I was I was just starting to learn about indie comics and stuff like that in the mid 80s. So I was kind of aware that it was there. Um, I hadn't read any of the comics at that point, but I was aware that it was there and I was aware that there was um, that stuff was happening, that, it, that, that I was actually reading more of the kind of like the parodies of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So I'd, mm-hmm. I'd read Adolescent Radioactive Black Belt Hamsters, mm-hmm. which was another comic that was done. <laughs> it was like a parody of Turtles, which was a parody of you know daredevil and ronin and x-men and new mutants and teen titans and all that kind of stuff so it was a parody of a parody of a comic um but i was kind of aware that it was there and i was yeah and and kind of like i was would have been when did this come out 90 was it 90 yeah so i i was my sisters were big into turtles turtles I, I actually spoke to them when I knew we were doing this to try and find out what their how they learned about it, and they couldn't remember whether it was the video game, the arcade game, oh okay, that, that that hooked them into it, or whether it was the cartoon. Um, I think it just kind of blurred together, and they couldn't remember which which it was. I I have very clear memories of that them all, you know, my two sisters, my brother and my dad, all playing the the arcade game. Mm-hmm. You know, in the arcades on holiday because you, it was a four-player thing. Yeah. And, and me just going, no, thanks. <laughs> uh, and I, I remember being aware of the comic and knowing that it was an indie comic and it being like a, a like a semi-adult comic. You know, it was kind of like a grown-up comic, not a kid's comic. And then being aware of the cartoon coming out and realising the cartoon was a, definitely a kid's cartoon. Yeah. Um, and okay. I was, at that point, definitely too old for the for the cartoon. Yeah um but but yeah so that was it so I, I and i think at that point it just became just and then it became too big it yeah. just become too huge and popular and it became like i'm not even going to touch that that's that's far too hip and popular and my little sisters are into it so clearly <laughs> i'm not going near that well um and it ju- and then you know and then and then you look at like uh, you know the, this one came out in ninety the second one came out in ninety one and the third one came out in it skipped a year didn't it and came out in ninety three yeah and you yeah. think well, and that really rode that wave hard <laughs> you know they yeah. they went yeah. nuts for that thing over a very short period of time um, and I think it just became unhip to to go near it unless you were a you know you were a kid. It would have it would have been like oh, thing is now think the problem with that is <laughs> you can't say it'd be like going you know getting into 
you know, equestrian girls or something like that. But clearly there's a huge fandom, adult fandom, for My Little Pony and equestrian girls. So that doesn't even stand up anymore. There's a fandom for everything. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, po- yeah. so, so that's, that's me. So yeah, I, I, I hadn't seen it. This was this was literally the first time I'd seen it. I'd seen clips and and my sisters must have watched it. It must have been on. So it in the background. So I must have. But I, I that's the one of the things that kind of astonishes me that I never actually sat down mm. um, with them and watched it at any point or, or just kind of half saw it in yeah. the room. You know, like like I've half seen um, Dirty Dancing. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've seen Dirty Dancing in in bits, you know, because it used to be on so much that you oh. just go, uh, you know, you pick it up like 10 minutes at a time as you're walking through the room or whatever. But this, I had no clue. And there was, there was, there was, when I was watching it, I was going, none of this rings any bell. God, I hope Dirty Dancing's on our list. Cause oh, God. Do we have I, to? I mean, <laughs> I feel we should make Lee watch it so we can. There's so much in that. To you would have anyway. to. You would have to make me watch it. So before we get into whether or not you actually liked it, where were you at with it, Jenny? Had you seen this before, or? It turns out when I was watching, because I was nine when this came out. Mm-hmm. Night, night, yeah. Um, and it turns out I have seen it. I just don't remember it. Just completely forgotten it. <laughs> it's just, I was, I was watching it, and there are bits I really remembered, mm-hmm. like um, the flashbacks, you know, and yeah what they all looked like and what Splinter looked like and, and all of that. But there's just, there's bits in the middle, I which we'll get to, but there's these bits in the middle I just do not remember. But I remember I remember all the hype of the Turtles and I remember, um, you know, the rap theme song, which I have to talk to you about. Yes. Um, uh, and, of course, I remember the cartoon because I was like any other kid at that age. I was really into the cartoon. I thought it was great. Um, loved it. I even had... Um, I didn't have uh, a NES, you know, a Nintendo or anything, or mm-hmm. I didn't have a Sega until much later, but I never had the like the cartridge video game. Yeah. But I had little handheld green, um, shaped almost like a kind of fin uh, Turtles game, where you basically had to fight a few of the, the foot to sort of, re- I think it was Rescue April from off the top. Sounds a bit right. Yeah. Off the top ledge, <laughs> yeah. Basically, whatever it was, you had to save April because... That's what you have to do in turtles. Yeah, that, that was the stick. That was the, the trope for all. Um, but yeah, I rewatched it. I did make notes, but the problem the problem I had was I was making notes, and then I kind of got lost in the film a bit. And I thought oh, I need to make a note of that. Oh shit! Um, I'm hoping that's a good thing that you got lost in the film a bit. I know it is. It is. I, I was enjoying it again. You know, it was just as an that was an awful lot of fun, and I just it, it again it just made me look forward to come in and sit down with you guys and chatting about it and all the bits and bobs because there are things like you just gave out the cast list of the people who did the voices and things mm-hmm. and I didn't realize until I went to IMDB to have a little look-see that Corey Feldman did the voice yes of Donatella yeah and that that actually blew my my mind a little bit <laughs> I don't know I don't know why because I you know I've always liked him in the films he's done you know through the 80s Lost Boys Goonies all that sort of stuff um, but I never realised that he did this. And there were some other names. I think I saw Sam Rockwell was in it as one of the... Yeah. <laughs> yes. I did, I did. And I'll make you Sam Rockwell. Oh, With his tiny was... weird sad tash. Yeah. <laughs> he, he comes on and you go, oh, that's, that's Sam Rockwell. And yeah. then he's, 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 he turns, you go, oh, no, it's not. It's some, it's some child. 
<laughs> and uh, and then he disappears, and then you know he pops up back again, and you go, oh, there's that guy I thought was Sam Rockwell, and it's clearly not Sam Rockwell; it's just some baby-faced child. And then he turns <laughs> around and, or, or says something, you go, it is Sam Rockwell. I'm sure it is. And I made I made note to sit through the titles. <laughs> so, so even if it is, he won't be in the credits. Are you a fool? And then it is. It's like like gang leader. It's like head thug or something. Yeah, that's it. Head thug. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was it. Yeah, head thug. And then, and then this this afternoon I thought, do you know what? I'm going to have a little look and see what else the director of this has done. You know, to mm-hmm. see if it was like yeah. a like a one and done sort of thing. Like ah, oh, because it was a massive hit. It was a yeah. huge hit when it came out. And I, I had a little look and it turns out he's he um, directed a load of Around the World in 80 Days that we just had on with David Tennant. Oh, nice. Oh, he, yeah, he directed a, a load of those and um, he directed a lot of through through the 80s and 90s. He's he's listed and directed a lot of music videos for people like yeah. Michael Jackson, Natalie Cole, ZZ Top. Yeah, he, he was like the, the Steven Spielberg of of. MTV um, pop promos in the yeah in the seems 80s. to be yeah I mean he, yeah I mean you look at that and it is just like a like a like a complete I mean he literally did my favourite <laughs> ZC Top video did he it's a sleeping bag which I and, and he did Rough Boy and it, it's kind of like and he did Money for Nothing by Die Straits yeah he did uh, Going Underground by the Jam. He did uh, Billy Jean by Michael Jackson. Love that song. Uh, take on, take on me by a Let me yeah. crack. Kind of yeah. pop videos. These but, are. And then other films of note. Uh, oh, I say of note. He did Coneheads. Yeah. And my <laughs> um, Bassett, England manager. And that's a film I haven't seen and I don't need to. <laughs> yeah, you don't. <laughs> I mean, this, is, this is kind of something I kind of find weird. Is that he had this kind of what is an A list directorial debut with the pop videos mm. then he did he did um electric dreams which is like a quirky science fiction comedy thing that i remember coming out in the 80s yeah kind of eccentric and then he did this which was massive and then he kind of disappeared and he did and they did coneheads and mike bassett and did a bit of tv and you're thinking that's what happened there yeah, he seems to have done a lot of TV and some TV movies and what look like straight to DVD. I forgot to switch. Yeah, straight to DVD kind of um, films too. Yeah, it's it's a very strange, very peculiar um, career trajectory out there. Yeah. Um, to go from like I say, I mean, it, it's it's hard. I guess no, I'm, it, it's it's difficult to explain how big those pop promos were that he did. Yeah, those were huge. You know, and do you want to hear? Um, do you want to hear another little fun fact about this movie? Yes. Okay. So the other day, I was at my uh, mother-in-law's house, and we were watching an episode of One Foot in the Grave, oh, and see. and the credits came up for that, and it said theme tune by John Duprez, and I went, "What?" And Rich went, "What's the matter with you?" And I went, "John Duprez did the soundtrack for the Turtles movie," and he was like, <laughs> "Get off! That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard." So I did a little Google, and I was like, "See how right I am." I am the queen of I am the queen of turtles knowledge because I will admit so t- like anybody who's never heard me talk on the internet before you might not know this but I am a whacking great Ninja Turtles fan um, I was actually only five when this movie came out but I remember I oh know so I didn't get to see it in the cinema <laughs> um, but I remember having a VHS copy of this 
uh film that i wore out and then we bought a new one and i lent it to a friend and she ruined it and i never spoke to her again and that's a true stay story um <laughs> because she broke my turtles video uh so I got, and then i got it again and then i wore that one out as well um i love this film because <laughs> i think the thing that i love particularly about it now, especially now that i'm an adult so when i originally saw the film i was i'd only known the cartoon i didn't even know there was a comic until i was like 15 16 because i <laughs> I'd, i didn't have any friends uh at all let alone nerd ones who would go hey have you read this comic um and also i wasn't even born when it had come out um <laughs> so uh but when i started reading the um original turtles comics what i really liked about this film it like gave me a like new appreciation for it is that even though it leans heavily on the sort of cartoony like oh totally tubular dude you know cowabunga type side um there are a lot of bits that are like almost straight up out of the yeah. comics so the 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 best example for me is the bit where Casey and Raph meet for the first time when mm-hmm. uh, Casey's about to like do a murder on a couple of muggers and even Raph is like look I'm the angry one and you're being insane <laughs> <laughs> it's like there's bits of that that are like almost shot for shot from the the uh, Raphael one shot where yeah, Casey yeah. Uh, originally meets Raph and it's just it like it gave me like a whole new appreciation for this rad rad movie um, yeah, so. I mean- Go on, what did you you actually think? Because neither of you have really said how you feel about it. And I'm sitting on tenterhooks here, like, do we have to stop speaking? I'm going to let Jenny go first. Okay. Um, I I genuinely did enjoy myself watching the film. Yay. And I just saw it as, it's, you know, it's, we watched Rear Window for the first episode. You know, it's not in that league. Of course not, no. Of course it isn't. It's not, you know, it's not a hard culture movie, but it's a good popcorn fun film. Mm -hmm. And I love um, the puppetry work from Jim Henson's workshop that did all the costumes and stuff, and I love all of that. Uh, Just the fun, and it was a bit nostalgia-based, I guess, as well, for Mm -hmm. me too. Um, But there are other little things I love, like the whole, when when you start the film, the whole setup is given to you straight away. Yes. You, know, you don't have to well, have that's, a fraud or anything. You just get told in newsreel. That's the great thing about having like a journalist as one of the characters, because you can immediately deliver like a, a big old swathe of exposition without it seeming awkward. Because it's just like, yeah. oh, it's a news report. Although yeah. it did tickle me when she's setting up that news report and she's like, oh, the police don't even know what's happening, lads. But the, the thieves are sort of a fucking sledgehammer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're like literally just walking up to people and being like i'm having your telly and then they just casually stroll down an alley with it and put it in a van where several very shady people are waiting loading it like yeah. cl- th- what are the police do- i mean we all know the police <laughs> well we crap do. We do, but like yeah, yeah like got a dreadful I, I like I, I was watching when I was watching this with Rich the other day I was like there are so many little bits about this film that I love and one of them is the fact that the police are just sort of like burr <laughs> everything I mean one of the things I wrote down about the police was the captain because he oh. was your he was your typical sort of 80s 90s uh American police captain who was already shouty and about to you know like blow a blood vessel in his head or his neck or something yeah and clueless completely clueless and always having to go at the reporter so it's a bit it's almost not quite Lois Lane but a little bit esque I suppose Mm. and that there there is a weird a weird scene between the police captain and April where he sort of she sort of goes in and he kind of 
briefs her or debriefs her or yeah. calls her out. I'm like, she doesn't work for you. <laughs> that's exactly that's She's a reporter. Yeah. You don't get to tell her off. Totally the scene I was thinking, you know, scene I was thinking of, like, he completely balls around. It's like, she's not a cop or a detective, mate. She's just, she's a reporter. And you're, you're, it's not her fault. You're doing a shit job. Yeah. She's not the one showing you up on telly, mate. That's you. That's you. That's, that's all your work, mate, or lack of. But no, I, um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, um, I haven't, I think the last time I saw like the third Turtles film was when I came to stay with you, Stace, and mm-hmm. we had a bit of a movie marathon. And I think we watched it then. Um, but it, obviously it's just been a spell because I remember like um, moments of fighting scenes and daft things with the Turtles and them staying at April's when Splinter is kidnapped. Yeah. But I did not. And I remember Raph crashing down through the skylight and being mm-hmm. hurt. But that whole section, they go, to like that um not the farmhouse yeah house on the countryside yeah none of that did I remember (laughs) all that just completely gone Uh, completely gone and the um uh April's boss's son Danny or Danny it's just Dan now what a wang (laughs) yeah (laughs) what an absolute wang (laughs) there were just there's like elements that really sort of stuck to my brain and then there's bits that don't and I I remember the cartoon. I didn't know the comics at all mm-hmm. until I got to be a little bit older and recognised that. Uh, I mean, I once, right, this is when Morrison's was a Safeway. This is how long ago this was. <laughs> and they were running a competition that kids could draw artwork of the turtles and they would win uh, a, a turtle prize. So I totally entered for it. Mum helped me. And I won first prize yay they left a message on our answering machine that's how long ago this was (laughs) (laughs) to say that i'd i'd won first prize this cutout of the turtles and we're like okay cool went to go collect it it's only like this bloody uh, six foot tall cutout of one of the turtles (laughs) i would have loved that i would would have legit loved that that had gone on my wall for a bit (laughs) it stayed with me for a while until it got to the point of now i don't need that anymore it was one of those things that used to have like a sign across it saying turtles at safeways or whatever um but that's that's what i won which was great but also eh. kind of useless yeah Yeah, basically (laughs) but it all added to that whole turtle mania at the time and i think i had um the 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 rap song you know T-U-R-T-L-E power mm-hmm. that was on a loop for quite a while yeah standard yeah yeah but no for for me and I'll, I'll chuck it over to Lee but for me this was a a good time fun film to chill out yay it too yeah. <laughs> go on then Lee are we still friends uh, okay uh I don't oh, know dear. we'll see oh I no I, I was actually thinking I'm gonna have to phrase this very very carefully <laughs> Uh, I'll say that watching it as a 52-year-old yeah. is very different from watching it when you were 10. <laughs> you know? Yes. So yeah. I will say that um, I, I didn't feel like I'd missed a gem there, mm-hmm. or it didn't suck. Okay. Um, well, that, no, that's, that's good. That's... My, my feeling is that I kind of nuanced. It's a bit of a... 
it's, it's a bit of a mixed bag of a movie as you as you said yeah. it's kind of it falls between the middle ground it's 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 very strange in that they've got this very juvenile cartoon and they've got this kind of very although it's an indie it's kind of like a, um, a teen i guess mm-hmm. um uh comic in that there's a there's a bit of fighting and blood and mild swearing and you know it's kind of that kind of standard thing yeah and and they really kind of pitch it in the middle so they go, OK, we realise we've got two audiences and obviously they're going to gravitate towards the kids audience because that would be much, much bigger than yeah. this little um, black and white indie comic. But that, so there's a lot of slapstick in there. Yeah. There's a yeah. lot of very I could I could, you know, I could you know, have flashbacks of seeing my sisters or my my nephews and nieces now. Absolutely flawed laughing at the it's very <laughs> and I, mean, and I mean and i don't mean it as an insult it's very juvenile humor that's oh no yeah it's absolutely yes yeah. that's why you it know? suits me so well it's, 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 that's, that's where they're pitching it it's not like oh we don't know what to do with it no this is this is quite different where we're pitching it but they they're, they're also aware that they want to get they're, they're not making a kids film entirely they they want to get you know teenagers and adults to come along and watch it as well you know mm-hmm. so and like you say there's having read the the um I read the I read the finally did read the comics in about 1990 when this came out mm-hmm. um, they brought it I'd been reading um, Cerebus the Aardvark, which they brought out in big phone book sized um, paperbacks and I'd been yeah. really enjoying those and then when uh, and I noticed it become a, a bit of a popular format, these big, chunky black and white paperbacks. And they brought out, I think it's something like the first 17 issues of the of the comic in one of these huge paperbacks. And I had it for Christmas. It would have been Christmas 1990, I guess. And I started reading it and was a bit disappointed because the comic is much more crude than... Um, Cerebus the Aardvark. It it is a basic. Although you think it's like a parody, it's not really a parody. It's not a funny no. comic at all. It's it's a straight, pretty straightforward action adventure comic. Mm. They're not winking at the reader or nudge wink or anything like that. Beyond the you know the title, which is kind of clearly kind of quite goofy, um, the actual comic itself is pretty straightforward action adventure, science fiction stuff and fights and. You know, there's, 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 it's not a parody at all, which kind of surprised me. Mm. Um, but I, I read it and I thought, okay, that's okay. I don't, you know, I don't really. It didn't really make a fun out of me. But I reread that book a few weeks ago when I knew we were going to be doing this, and I enjoyed it a lot more um, second time around, mm-hmm. which shows you I'd not read it, gone back and reread it in the what thirty years since. You know, yeah. it, it just sat on a shelf. I went back and reread it and I thought, no, I, I enjoy this a lot more. Yeah, it, it's kind of crude. The artwork's a bit crude, but it's it's there's there's a real charm to it. Mm-hmm. And there's there's a lot of effort and you can't you know, you can't although the, the, the artwork is a little rough around the edges, it's it's they're putting a shitload of work into it. They're really you can see they're really drawing the hell out of that book. It's not like they're skipping on every you know, all the backgrounds are there and everything, they're really working hard on it. So I read that, and then when I was watching the film, you, okay, I was going a bit. Oh, that's a bit cheesy, and yeah, clearly they've they've decided that 
they don't want to do the science fiction stuff. There's a lot of science fiction elements in there, aliens and cyborgs and little ratty robot creatures. And, <laughs> Mouses. <laughs> yeah, they don't want to deal with any of that. And they just stick to, you know, the foot and shredder, which is probably a good choice to keep it simple. Yeah. And one element they, they did add to the movie was this kind of subplot about Danny, the kid. And the kid theme. <laughs> and like the Lost Boys gang. Which yeah, I thought yeah. sucked. I thought that was yes. terrible. I, I will fully agree with you on that. As much as I love this film, like I don't I don't think I don't think the film needs that. Like mm. it could just have the foot clan doing something nefarious. It doesn't need to be, you know, recruiting kids in this Pinocchio style like yeah. Paradise Island or whatever it was in Pinocchio yeah. where, you know, the Very... kids get to smoke and like play video games all day and what like yeah. we don't need that we like i wanted to see a lot more of the sort of the foot being ninjas yeah yeah, yeah, kind of, than, yeah. Than thing. and i've got to say i do think a massive amount of the budget was spent on the turtles costumes and oh, we the were just like i'm gonna put a sock and two tea strainers <laughs> on an edge and yeah. call, we'll call that we'll call that the foot clan and i'm like oh no this is a yeah this this I mean, one of the things I would I would pick at it, and I can I kind of get why they why they did it, is that they they know that they're going to have a lot of kids there, that their core audience is going to be little kids who like the cartoon, so they know they can't get there's not a drop of blood in it at all. There's yeah. all these lethal weapons being swung around, <laughs> and there's yeah. literally not a drop of blood at all. It's just like scuffing red marks on on Raph, yeah, and a little bit of scuffy red marks on Splinter. But that is yeah. really it. It's like it's that typical kind of like in, like it's like in the cartoon, isn't it? You know, when they get like little hatch uh, hatch colouring to show a bruise yeah. or to show a bit of yeah. bit of a scratch. Yeah. That uh, sort of thing. But it but it was interesting going back and um, watching some of the the like we watch I watched that that documentary I told me about uh, the uh, the Turtle Mania stuff mm. and just seeing like the big backlash against it and about the you know the use of weapons i know for example in the uk it wasn't even called teenage mutant ninja turtles nope for years nope. it was called it was changed to hero turtles because mm-hmm. ninja the BBC were like nope. anything yeah anything throwing back to the 70s martial arts um fad you know and there was a lot of i don't know if you, know, you wouldn't have, you'd have been too young obviously you, you wouldn't have been born in the 70s but there was a That's big fad one. for martial arts bruce lee and all that and there was a bit of a fad for martial arts weapons, nunchucks and throwing stars and stuff like that. Um, and they ended up getting banned. All that stuff, offensive weapons were just were, were banned. And obviously when Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles came out, that just fell under that umbrella. The word, you know, it being mm-hmm. ninja, that just fell under that. So they had to change it. Um, and I can kind of get that because it is it is very different watching it as an adult going, mm-hmm. those are fucking nunchucks. Yeah. The, um, <laughs> there is the kids version, the uh, kids nunchucks. They would have done toys. some damage. And you're just thinking, <laughs> I mean, I have to say that the in the film, the sigh 
the like the the, like the oh, they're fire. so not sharp they're at the all. bluntest, bluntest things. Fire so blunt. At one life. point, April picks them up bit by the middle blade, yeah. um, <laughs> off the floor, and she has no problems with that at all. And I actually watched um, Secret of the Ooze last night because uh, I just got in a turtle's mood after watching this. Yeah. And um, there's there's an interesting thing in that film where none of them really use any of their weapons much except Donnie. And there's a bit where, for example, and this is absolutely ridiculous because of all the backlash against the first film and they didn't want um mikey really using his nunchucks at one point he uses sausage links as nunchucks and he's like hitting people and they're reacting as though they're getting twatted with the nunchuck but it's the sausage lads (laughs) (laughs) it is is interesting to see the backlash and people go about how violent it is well Um, because if you look at now and you go what's there's yeah there's martial arts but there's there's no actual violence. I wouldn't no, call the it. Power violence. Rangers was worse by far. Yeah, but, I mean, because that... I, I watched the uh, the the making of the turtles on the DVD I've got of the film. Mm. But interestingly, it didn't just cover the first film; it covered the other two. Ah. Which I thought was odd because, like, yeah. but I've only watched the first one. Why are you telling me about two and three? You might be spoiling it. <laughs> <laughs> but they you can't did afford just... to have extras on the second and third one. That's what those, it is. Those didn't make enough money. <laughs> But they, I wonder why. <laughs> yeah. but, um, they spoke about the the martial arts choreography for for the second film, for Secret of the Use, and not using weapons. And they were saying they specifically choreographed it so that they wouldn't use their weapons as much because, as yeah. you said, they didn't want the backlash that they got from the first movie. Yeah. So they were doing everything but and and upping the sort of the gymnastics, if you like, of the martial arts. Mm-hmm. to do it that way and I did you do have to really feel for the guys that are inside the suits oh, oh yeah I mean, I mean they do a tremendous job really yeah the, 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 I, um, the moves they pull off are just phenomenal in those big huge suits well this yeah. is the thing it's the head that gets me because I went to a London film and comic con a few years ago specifically to meet Kevin Eastman and it turned out that um three of the guys who were in the turtle suits for the film were there as well so I went to chat to them so I met um Leaf, who plays Donnie in this movie, yeah. uh, Michelin, who plays Mikey in this movie, and then Nick Palmer, who plays Mikey in the second movie. And Nick Palmer actually came in his Mikey suit just without mm-hmm. the head on. And he was saying to people, look, I've been told I have to charge you money for a signature. So I'm going to come out from behind my desk. We're going to have a photo of us together without my head on. And then we're going to have a photo of us together with my head on. And then we'll do a photo of us together with the head on. And we're both doing like ninja poses because I want you to get your money's worth and I was like what a rad dude but for the photo where he hasn't got the head on he gave me the Michelangelo head to hold and it is fucking heavy Mm. oh my god because obviously it's got all the animatronics in it for moving the modes and I was like how did you do this? And he was like, oh, we had to like train for ages to like recalibrate our balance based on like the weight of our heads. And like, it's absolutely, and when you see the move in the film, Mm. like, I just, I can't even fathom that they could do even half of the things that they did because they're doing backflips. They're like doing whizzy kicks. They're like, yeah, I could barely even hold the thing for like 10 minutes. I was like, look, put it on because I can't hold it anymore. (laughs) I mean, I I couldn't do one of those backflips where you basically flip yourself back up onto your feet. Oh, yeah. As as I am now. I couldn't do that. I'd hurt myself. But watching them do it and you think that, and then you say like they had to, um, sort of recalculate how they how they balance themselves 
you know, re- and adjust themselves for that. But try, that extra weight, because your head's already quite heavy anyway. Yeah. But then to put that with all the animatronics and then do all those flips to get yourself up off the ground, plus the the weight of the, the big shell. Foam shell. I mean, th- thankfully, that is foam. And there is there is a particular bit in the film where you notice that. And it's when Raph falls through the skylight and one mm. of them runs over and goes, easy, OK, and very clearly just squashes his shell in with his hands. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't care because the film is good and it looks really rad. Um, like, OK, so sort of going from the start of the film. Yeah. Um, I love Judith Hogue as April. I think she's great. And I think that introductory scene where she's about to get mugged. And mm. then Raph knocks all the lights out with his sigh and does a bit of a ninja murder on everybody is brilliant because immediately we get the sense that Raph is a hothead, yeah. like, because yeah. he's so pissed he's dropped that one sigh. And you get an immediate feel for April being a bit sassy, but also potentially biting off more than she can chew. <laughs> um, and obviously you get the sense of like the foot, you know, yes. being arseholes all over the place. And I just thought what a cracking way yeah. to start. It doesn't film. hang around, does it? I mean, no, it's only no. about an hour and a half film yeah. anyway. Yeah, hour and a half, and it just it gives you the setup, and then you're straight in. And you're not even yeah. hanging around very long to meet the Turtles and Splinter, or even no. really to meet Shredder. And I have to say... Disco I, Shredder, you mean. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> but I, I absolutely loved Shredder's entrance. I mean, I felt it was heavily influenced by, like, you know, Star Wars and Darth Vader and yeah. March. But it's I did a bit with a shadow. It's, yeah, it's so he, where he and, comes on and like this huge long shadow yeah. just stretches along the the floor, and I thought, and I, and I did, I did. That's one of the few things I made a note of. Going, that's a hell of an entrance. Yeah, you just <laughs> yeah. follow me, shadow, and it just stretches and stretches and stretches. Because one of one it. of the things, like one of the quibbles I have with it, is because it's from Steve Barron who did these incredibly visually startling and unique pop promos i was kind of expecting my my kind of expectations had been adjusted as soon as i found out he was doing it yeah before i found out he was doing it, it was like oh well you know well we'll see what it is when you know it'll just be like a tv movie i guess and then when i heard it, it's, it's that's like finding out that you know suddenly find out that tim burton had done it or <laughs> or something like that and you go oh, okay my expectations have suddenly gone much higher now i'm expecting some kind of visual panache Mm. which there really wasn't to be honest and i can kind no. of understand why because he's got a lot there's a lot that needs to be done yeah. just to sell the premise and you, and you, you just had around. no you can't and you just had batman out like the year before yeah. um well this is supposed to quite the same year as batman well that's what i wonder because it says Batman's then, like 89 but this must have clashed at some point well i always thought that this was brought out as a reaction to batman because obviously batman came out was huge mm. and just every comic property in the world got um got picked up got you know optioned um yeah. and i thought this was because of that actually they were they they were um batman and teenage mutant Ninja Turtles were, were optioned and greenlit at the same time oh, and, okay. they, and they were being shot at the same time and uh, what happened was, for whatever reason, the release date for Turtles got put back about six months. Okay. And it ended up coming out early 19 instead of middle to late 89. Maybe it was just to not clash with Batman. I don't know. Maybe. Um, I did but, find but, out 
a, a one fun fact though sorry i found out do you remember when raf goes to the cinema he's like i just need to cool off to get away so yeah. and he goes and the poster is critters which i, I mm. love that one i haven't yet seen that's on the list yeah, yeah i've not seen know. that either yeah, must yeah. Be critters it's got to see but i i was looking at this um and and i wanted to know if there was a connection between critters and the film like was it director someone mm. something like that and i looked it up and apparently um the poster was meant to be batman the movie yeah and he was meant to say more like great car stupid costume but oh. they they changed it or whatever for whatever reason um but i think it was <laughs> in the comic they did like a comic of the film or something oh, at the time yeah, as yeah. well and in the in the turtles comic of this i think possibly it's actually in there it's the batman poster and i feel uh, like that would come across as so bitter that, if they exactly, did yeah. that in the movie and it had yeah. come out just after Batman's been like ludicrously popular. Yeah. That would yeah. I it tickled me with critters because I liked the idea of like Raph, a giant talking turtle, being like, where do I get this stupid yeah. shit from? <laughs> like, that's really what, funny. What I thought was quite interesting as a as a big comic nerd is when the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comic came out, it was huge. It was it was, you know, in comic book terms, it was massive for an, an, an indie black and white thing and the sales were ridiculous even by today's standard they were huge One hundred thirty thousand, i think for issue eight or something ridiculous something like Bloody that hell. huge number which is more than spider-man sells now right Christ. so um and so every bugger was doing uh funny animal comics at that point there was a million of them mm. and they all had like adolescent yeah, radioactive blackmail hamsters. There, everybody was doing. There was there was naive interdimensional commando koalas. There was preteen dirty jean kung fu kangaroos. Oh God. Fish police. There was there was a million of these things, right? Amazing. And they become they were called critter comics. <laughs> and, oh. and I thought, oh, was that a joke? Was that a reference to critter? Well, maybe. Comics? Um, but I, that just might be me being a bit too nerdy and going, <laughs> <laughs> and just thinking too hard. Well, you could never it. be too nerdy in this company, if I'm. <laughs> no. <laughs> but no. what I thought was interesting, given how big it was, and it was a huge movie, mm. you look at, I had a look at what else came out around that time and what came out after it. Like, you could, when Batman came out, that was massive, and you can see there was a whole string of stuff that you can directly connect to those, you know, Rocketeer and the Shadow and the Phantom and Dick Tracy. All these movies came out because of Batman. Everybody wanted their retro-looking superhero comic book. Mm-hmm. Turtles came out, and there was no real kind of uh, tie-in movies. It had a huge impact on cartoons, on TV cartoons. Yeah, it did. You had a million rip-off turtle cartoons you know samurai pizza cats and and um what was it Rose from mars biker yeah. from mars all that kind of stuff that was street sharks street sharks street sharks, was great. <laughs> uh, but if you look at movies you can't really look at any it's like they didn't touch it it was like well we don't know what the fuck this is yeah i i, I do get that strong feeling when i watch it that it doesn't feel like it knows what it is or who it's mm. trying to appeal to because like mm. when I watched it as a kid 
like I found a lot of things in it very funny that necessarily now I don't so much like for example like now that I'm an adult anything Michelangelo says in regards to April comes off incredibly creepy and I know he's supposed to be a teenager but he's constantly just like I'm in love and you're like Mikey you've got to calm it down mate you've got to calm it down yeah why I thought it was funny because I had the exact same thought about it but what I thought was funny was I watched I mean I'd I'd seen Howard the Duck and I enjoyed Howard the Duck when it came out I knew that it was a bastardization of the comic, but for what it was, I kind of enjoyed it. And me and Jenny rewatched it a couple of weeks ago because um, I remember an interview with George Lucas saying in 20 years time, people are going to look at Howard the Duck and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, knowing that one was a hit and one was a flop. And they're going to think that Howard the Duck was the hit. (laughs) And I thought, oh, well, I'll, now I'm now I'm going to watch this. I'm going to watch How the Duck again and see how well that stands up. And it, it's interesting that you watch it. And I remember the furore about How the Duck, about the kind of like the bed scene mm-hmm. where where Beverly and Howard are kind of flirting, or rather she's coming on to him in a jokey manner, and he's like, Ugh! and all this, and everybody goes, oh, that's bestiality, and it's weird, and you know. But you watch it, you go, yeah, but, you know, you're reading too much into it, for fuck's sake. Um, but, uh, but watching Teenage Mutant, I was thinking <laughs> the same thing, going, yeah, that comes off as a bit. It's iffy. the line. It's the line, can we keep her? Yeah. That lots of people <laughs> seem to think is really cute because it's like, oh, like, how adorable is that? But I'm like, no, that's no. that's that's weird, mate. He wants to keep her trapped in a disgusting yeah, sewer yeah that's gross yeah yeah that's really that's really gross you know yeah. the note <laughs> i wrote down at that exact moment was question <laughs> mark well okay so i wouldn't go as far as that because here's the thing right you're a teenage boy yeah but you're in a turtle body there are no teenage turtle girls knocking around what <laughs> are you going to do with it's those true. they've got to go somewhere but i am yeah i do think it's a bit weird i do love though one of my favorite um because i i know that i'm grown up i like a lot more of the sort of more sarcastic humor so a lot of the stuff that comes from raf i find really funny and like one of my favorite bits is when he first brings april back and he puts her on the sofa unconscious and (laughs) and they're like why have you brought her here and he was like oh i don't know i felt like redecorating a couple of throw pillows a tv news reporter (laughs) 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 i just i I love raf he's such an asshole that felt like a a ghostbusters line that felt like a line yeah and i know when they were because there were were two writers there was the guy there was a right the original screenwriter who came on who kind of pitched it and developed it and and so on got it kind of greenlit and apparently they they that draft that first draft was much more um a comedy and it was Mm -hmm. much more taking the piss out of itself and it was much more of a kids movie and I think a lot of the like the juvenile gags are leftovers from that. Yeah. And then they brought on another writer who was like a, a, a comedy writer. And he did. I, from, I might be getting my writers mixed up anyway. But he was a fan of the comics and he wanted, wanted to put a lot more of the comics in. Yeah. And like Steve Barron wanted much more of the comics in there. And they literally took stuff, as you said, uh, you know, scenes out of the, co- out of the comic and put them in the movie. Like, you know, the bit where, uh, 
uh, Raph goes off and gets beaten up by the hand and gets thrown through the mm. uh, the, the skylight. <laughs> that's that's right at the comics. That is. Yeah. And one of my favourite bits near the end, and I didn't, I wasn't expecting them to do it at all, was where they go off to the farmhouse. Yeah. And then you've got uh, April keeping a journal, mm-hmm. and like the tone of the film completely changes. Yeah. At, at that point, it becomes a much more thoughtful yeah. movie, and I'm thinking. Wow, this this bit's working for me. I mm. bet this is the bit all the kids hated. That's why I didn't remember <laughs> when it. it. Came out. I bet that's why I didn't remember it. That's the bit though that has the very bad turtle wax joke. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But, um, but so, and that's that stuff. He's you know he's right at the comics. They're keeping the journal. The the bit with Casey and is it? I can't remember which one. Is it Rafe? Where they're kind uh, of insulting Donny. Donny, Donny insulting yeah. each other yeah, through the alphabet that. while that's they're fun. while they're doing up the van and stuff like mm-hmm. that yeah. that's right out the comic as well yeah um and uh so i that's when i that's when i clicked with it like uh, like you know going yeah. back to what i was talking about like half an hour ago when you asked me what i thought of it <laughs> <laughs> that's when i clicked with it then that's when yeah. i went okay no this i can now look stace in the eyes and go i i liked some of it you know this I, is the yeah. where i went okay no this is this is all right this I was surprised I didn't remember that bit, especially when they were meditating around the fire and they had that whole Jedi moment where Splinter mm-hmm. kind of came up out the blue flames. Oh, yeah, the yeah. astral plane stuff. That yeah. is very much from the comics as well. Mm-hmm. The um, the thing I love about that bit, so I will freely admit that when I was a kid, the first time I saw this film, I had to get Mum to fast-forward it to make sure that Raph woke up eventually because yeah. I was not OK <laughs> when he got thrown through. Yeah. Uh, th- thrown through the skylight and I've got to say that whole sequence is actually um, like genuinely amazing because it looks like such a small and crowded set like the yeah. apartment above the store and yeah. then obviously the second time around antique store again straight at the comics of it yeah, um, yeah. like all of that is so like cramped and crowded but I love the way that they like use the space so that they can still like look quite good at fighting although i still don't understand why the foot ninja reacts so badly to just having a bit of fish tank water squirted in his face by dog <laughs> I, do, I do not get that um but yeah so we had to fast forward to make sure that he woke up because the the image of raf in the bath and leo just sitting by the door had me in pieces when i was a kid i was like mom if raf dies i'm I'm gonna cry i'm gonna cry i'm crying now i think i'm crying yeah i'm crying is he dead and she was like we're just we'll, we'll find it out um but I've got a little a little tidbit of knowledge for you about this scene that might ruin it forever if you ever choose to watch this film again in the future. Um, okay. Because once you know it's there, you won't ever be able to unsee it. Okay. Um, but in that sequence where Raph wakes up and him and Leo are having a moment in the tub, not like that, um, <laughs> where Raph's like, get a grip, man, I'm all right. Jesus. And then Donnie appears in the doorway and makes a, yeah. a very bad, like, oh, it's a Kodak moment joke and they all laugh heartily when donnie tips his head back and opens his mouth to laugh you can see leaf tilden's head inside he's got it is nightmarish i I spotted that and i I was going to mention it but you've covered that but yeah you do that's the only bit where you go i can see his face yeah because if 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 you look super closely and it's more pronounced in the second and third films as well because the suits aren't as good in those they actually have tiny eye holes underneath the bandanas in the mask oh, that, yeah. that, that they can so sort of the top of their cheeks um so 
like normally you don't see any piece of them because they shoot it in such a way that you don't see any of that at all yeah but it's yeah. just this like bit where they just decided to have donatello's mouth just like wider like ha and it and it is one of the most terrifying things i've ever seen in my life <laughs> i did i did read a, like a goof on imdb but i didn't notice it myself there's mm. somewhere in one of the scenes in april's apartment where a crewman's hiding under the table in an orange <laughs> baseball cap but I, I, oh, i've never noticed that i've never noticed that but, I've um, seen this film a million times. I'm going to look out for that this time. thing is, I remember watching it and thinking when Raph was in the bathtub, it's like, what a really uncomfortable position. And why is Chapman in a bathtub, not in a bed? And then it occurred to me, because he's a turtle, he's a turtle and there's water. Turtle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I thought, why, why is he in the bath? Yeah. And he goes, yeah. Well, it's water on him, then it clicks. It's like, oh, right, yeah, that's why. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things that tickles me a bit because they don't have them in the water very often. Like in the second film, <clears throat> the bit right at the end, they're actually on a pier and the only way they can get away is by like diving into the water and swimming off. But obviously they don't show any of that because you can't put the heads in the water. <laughs> <laughs> like the bit, I don't know how they did the bit with Donatello in the fish tank. Um, but like, yeah, in Secret of the Use, there's like them sort of diving into the water. And mm. then it's like cut to over here where they've popped out of the water. Like, cool, I can't believe we escaped that, boys. Because like, um, it's very clear that, yeah, they can't they can't submerge the heads too yeah. much. Yeah. But I um I do think that part of the I've got a real love for the for the sequence where Casey and Raph meet at the start though as well. Just because I, was, I love Elias Cateus as Casey, yeah. I think he's yeah, wonderful. He's I was going to say his his entrance, you know, like ah, oh, there he is. I did get the act confused with um, someone else though. I for a moment I thought, oh my god, it's the actor who plays Stabler in Law and Order, SVU. Yeah, it, it, yeah, I, yeah, the guy who's in, he's in Happy as well. Yeah, uh, and uh, yeah, he did look. I mean, I I love Elias Cuttius. I'd seen him, I'd seen him in some kind of wonderful mm-hmm. uh, when I was a teenager, and he was he rocked that movie. He was phenomenal in that movie. I mean, seeing him in that uh, where he kind of he played kind of like a punk, like juvenile delinquent punk character mm-hmm. who becomes like a good mate of the of the main of the hero character. Anyway, and when I saw him in that. I had the same feeling as the first time I'd um, I'd seen. Oh Christ, I've gone blank on his name. Or the guy who played Hicks in Aliens, not Hicks. He played uh, Hudson in Aliens. Oh, oh mate, you're asking names. the wrong people. Bill Paxton. Yeah. Bill Paxton. <laughs> oh, okay. And I, I had that kind of vibe, like, oh, okay, this this guy's gonna be big. This guy's got, you know, yeah. this, this, the camera loves this guy. He's eating up the screen. And I'm surprised that he kind of disappeared after that. And mm. one of the things that nearly made me watch the movie back in the day was because Elias Cotius was in it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was it. like, is he? Oh. And I think it was literally just the weight of this is my sister's thing. I can't. Yeah, because you know, I would have been 1920 when yeah. it came out. And it's like, no, that's a point where it's just like, that's not going to happen. But mm. it, it was going to At some point, I will have to check him out because he's brilliant and he is and he is perfect oh he's so he's so so good like and i think the way that they like like his outfit and everything was just spot on for me Mm, for um like especially like i say having like since read the comics like i just think he's absolutely perfect i am i will say there are little things about this film 
that that niggle me a bit um so i want to get those out of the way before i can talk about more positive stuff again okay. uh, there's a there's a gay panic joke that i do not like and i've never yeah. liked um mm. which is when uh, i think i can't remember if it's it might be mikey calls casey claustrophobic or something yeah, and, he, and yeah. he thinks he means homosexual and gets yeah. really defensive yeah. about it and i'm like first of all it's a bad joke because claustrophobic doesn't sound anything like homosexual yeah. and <laughs> yeah even I, if he thought he, he was homophobic? saying homophobic, but then yeah. he was like, oh, I've never like bummed a guy or whatever. I, yeah. That's not the line. I've but never <laughs> even looked at a guy. I've never even looked I, at a guy. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I, and I was like, that, that doesn't make doesn't any sense. No, it doesn't sense. make any sense. And it's a like bad joke. And the other thing that I think is a bit of a bad thing about the film is Splinter. And the reason I say that is because I think uh, Kevin Clash does a great job with the puppetry and the voice and everything. But they have made him in such a way, puppet-wise, that his movements are terrible and so he can't fight. So when you get to the end of the film and it's like, oh, my God, it's Splinter versus Shredder, it's going to be rad, what actually happens is just Shredder just runs in with a spear and he flips him off with an unchuck. Like, like because he can't he can't fight the way that Splinter fights in the cartoon yeah. or yeah. in the comics or um which is a bit of a shame because obviously the turtles are done in such a way. It's because Splinter's a weird size and shape, isn't it? You would I, you would be yeah, really hard yeah. pushed to get an actor I, of I that size and shape. <laughs> I, th- I think yeah, would you if you I mean obviously you just think, well why don't they just stick a stuntman in the costume for yeah. that scene? that mm. fight and it's because he's not those proportions you can you can hide a stuntman in the turtle costumes because it's yeah. big and bulky mm. you got muscles and then there's the shell and everything else whereas yeah. the you know splinter's skinny you'd have to stick a kid say, in there or something there, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. so it, it becomes a bit different i mean i would I, I, that never occurred to me to be honest mm. I, I just thought that the puppetry was just fantastic yeah. yeah, I think I was just so excited by the prospect of a like Splinter and Shredder showdown, yeah. and yeah. then you're like, oh no, of course not. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I think it is noticeable that that final confrontation isn't much. Yeah, it, it's over pretty quick. Now, yeah. whether that's just because I'm now used to modern movies that yeah. take a fucking hour, like thirty-five minutes CGI, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That it's, it's everything's just an extravaganza. Mm. So it's it's it is. I mean, we watched a Starman, John Carpenter's Starman, a mm. couple of weeks ago, and again, that's only about an hour forty-five. Crikey, and you, and you go, like, these things really move. Yeah. The, you know, you kind of forget how quickly these they get into the scenes and get out the scenes and onto the next one, and there's no dawdling yeah. around, and you're just so used to the kind of like the Netflix pace of stuff, mm. where it's the whole episode is two people sitting in a room talking about what happened last in the last episode mm. you know and you and you, then you realized oh these, these movies just didn't hang around and you watch it and go this is this is like 90 minutes and like from from end to end you know from soup to nuts and mm. you think if this was a remake now that would be like an eight hour netflix mm-hmm. miniseries yeah you know they'd be covering the whole lot but um but yeah i i think that's that's the only thing like so i didn't i didn't think um that i didn't have anything about like splinter didn't think it was like weird or weak but i did think that that final confrontation was just quick yeah and that you're just expecting a big martial arts extravaganza i mean to be honest i wasn't expecting a bit more martial arts because obviously it was produced by uh by an asian uh, i've gone blank on their name again now 
uh, Golden Harvest. Yeah. The, the, yeah. the Hong Kong uh, film production company who basically just did, you know, Bruce Lee's movies and Jackie Chan's movies and Sammo Hong's movies. That's yeah. what they did. So you, and they, they are in many ways the perfect company to do this yeah. movie. And at the same time, a really weird choice <laughs> for what would you, you now seems obviously a brilliant, and, you know, a stupid and a, a really simple idea to do a brilliant blockbuster movie. You think, why isn't, you know, Fox all over this or why isn't, you know, Warner Brothers well, all over this? that's because they didn't want it. They just weren't no, interested. They yeah. just didn't want it. And then, of course, you can imagine whoever said no either got fired or was <laughs> slapping themselves. Well, absolutely kicking themselves. I think everybody, this is the thing, everybody said no. Yeah. Because you have to remember, this was after Howard the Duck, which was a catastrophic disaster. Yeah. And it's after Masters of the Universe, which was also a huge flop, well, which yeah. was, you know, Based on oh, I love that film. I loved it as well. <laughs> <laughs> I still and, do. Uh, but it, but it was huge, and, and, and you think it's a, it's amazing to me that it actually got made after *Hell of the Duck*. Um, it's and oh. I, I think it's the reason the Henson um, company were very reticent early on to get involved was they were looking at you know how the duck had, yeah. had crashed. Oh, yeah. Uh, and they, they thought, well, you know, do we want to get into something that and it crashed in a really controversial way as well? Yeah. With yeah, how mm. the duck, it wasn't just like, oh, this is a bad movie. It was like this is an evil, horrible, toxic, disastrous. Killing cinema. <laughs> but do you know what? I've never seen Howard the Duck all the way through because the Howard puppet scares me. I don't <laughs> like. I don't like looking at it. Really I mean, the duck with breasts is worse. But it's, 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 a, it's a peculiar movie, isn't it? Yeah. We, we were watching it. And I'm going. Now I did enjoy it when I, when I, when it first came out. I did enjoy it, and it boggles my mind to think that was the first Marvel cinematic movie. Mm. There'd been a couple, you know, TV series before then. And then be, there'd been like a Captain America cliffhanger serial in the in the forties, but that was the first Marvel movie in the cinema. Uh, yeah. You know, like say the, the TV pilots of Spider Man and Hulk had been released in the cinema. They don't really count. But and you think, wow! And that's why <laughs> Marvel movies didn't get made for ten years after that. It and that's the reason why. <laughs> you know, it, but to be fair though, it was worth the wait though. Wasn't it was it? worth the wait. <laughs> it was, yeah. yeah. But do you know the what Marvel. I found interesting about with like Back of Turtles, is that, because it was an independent movie, what I didn't realise, I did a little bit of research this evening, that apparently it was the highest grossing independent film until The Blair Witch yeah, came Blair out. Witch. Yeah, Blair Witch, wow. yeah. and that was yeah. um, nine years later, it was 99. Yeah. So it was the highest grossing um, of all time, and you know, just but then it was surpassed, like I say, by Blair Witch. And I didn't, I didn't even stop to think no, I had no thing. no kind of impression of, of it being that kind of massive. I knew it was kind of popular and it's a big movie because mm. you don't make two sequels off a, yeah, off a, a flop, a middling ish. movie, you know. Yeah. And I knew there was there was that wave of pop culture, you know, the Turtle Mania thing going on. But I didn't realise it was huge. It was it was like, I think, not far off Batman huge. Yeah. Um, mm. which yeah. Which I was completely unaware of. Yeah, the mania you know. was insane at yeah. the time. That yeah. re- I mean, I was one of those little uh, insane well, I, was, I was too, but I just had a mum that was like, no. <laughs> just, <laughs> the the yeah. fact that oh, I got he's... that turtle game, that little computer game, yeah. that was 
Oh, mate, probably. If you do, it's probably a good thing you never got the one on the nose because it's so fucking hard. Is it? Oh, my God, I can't even get past the first fucking sewer. <laughs> it's just, I'm just like, give me some pizza, for God's sake. I can't do this. <laughs> I've never completed that game, and I'm 36 I now. <laughs> I did take it because uh, in Norwich, in, in the in the Castle Mall, um, they've got a retro um, game arcade, video arcade, mm. and they have got in there the Turtles video arcade. The four yeah. player, and I did take a little photo to send to you. I just can't remember if I sent it. <laughs> we were uh, there's, there used to be a place in Birmingham called Kong's, which was just like a craft beer slash arcade uh, bar, which was great. And they had Turtles in Time. Oh, was it Tur- Oh, which one was it actually? One of the Turtles arcades, anyway. And I was playing that on my birthday. Um, I always play as Donatello because not only is he the best turtle generally, um, but also when you're playing a fighting game, it's really good to have a real long stick. Um, <laughs> like the range you can poke everyone from afar nobody even gets near you to do you a slap or anything it's great um and i've got to say that's one of the things i really loved about the film yeah. is that um because i was saying to rich like there wasn't as much uh you know um, martial arts in it as maybe one would like but i did like the fact that they took a lot of things from the cartoon and from the games in terms of the way that the turtles fight Mm-hmm. uniquely because they are turtles yeah. um so for example there's a bit where um they do like the shell shock thing where i can't remember if it's only two of them or if it's all four of them just turn their backs on someone and jump at them all at once yeah, and yeah. squish them between the shells yeah, um cool. which is like a proper like shell shock move that it, like when i so i remember when i saw that as a kid i was like oh god why can't i be a turtle like i got really overexcited by the prospect <laughs> of it and in fact um at one of the AEW wrestling shows, I think it was the Halloween show last year, um, the Young Bucks, who are a, a tag team duo, mm. um, were tag teaming with another tag team duo. And uh, the four of them were dressed as Ghostbusters uh, and they used their proton packs to do a shell shock on somebody. And I was like punching the air. I was like, yeah, <laughs> it's so cool um, because I am. A huge loser um, but i really like that so there's bits like for example where like they use their shells and they spin around on the floor or like um some of the like special moves from the video games as well so like if you're say if you're playing as donatello if you get a special move you can get one of the other turtles on the end of your bow staff and swing them around like a giant nonsense weapon it's wonderful um and some of those sorts of moves are in there as well which i just thought was like oh chef's kiss because it felt like they actually cared about making it a turtles movie and not yeah. just like uh, you know or let's let's sort of just you know fart out a film that's got turtles in it and you know whatever Take like the money yeah, yeah it, it felt like they even though like you know the tone is like wildly varying throughout the film um yeah. But there's care and love in it, though. That's the like you said. That's yeah. the thing. There's care yeah, and love in it. Is. I mean, I had to I had to laugh to myself and write it down because when when we were at that the house after Raph gets hurt, and you've got um, Casey in April arguing, and then they mm. like storm off into different rooms and slam the doors. And it's either Mikey or Donnie who was like, it's, it's just like we're watching an episode of Moonlight, and I thought. There's so many people that won't understand that reference. Oh, there's a few of those. There's a bit where one of them does the "you dirty rat, yeah. you killed my friend." I'm like, would it? Like, I mean, I, you know, watching it now, I don't really get that reference. Uh, and I'm a 36 year old. I mean, Jimmy Cagney would have been an out-of-date reference. It would have been there in 1990 anyway. I thought that. No teenager, whether they were or not. That's them watching TV and learning how to talk, basically, while watching all the old movies. Yeah. The um. 
some of the jokes I do think yeah are a bit sort of like what, what like what is happening here yeah, <laughs> yeah. but uh to be honest like I don't know I just I just think this movie is just really enjoyable um and there's some like really lovely little sort of like um easter eggs as well like at the very end like uh one of the guys asks I think I think it's one of the policemen asks like Sam Rockwell's like head thug um <laughs> you know like what, you know, what the chuff's happening here kind of thing and he tells them to go to like a, a warehouse on like a eastern Laidman Island or something and you're like mm. oh sneaky little easter egg there I like it I like it but my favorite one is probably um, during one of the flashbacks. Now, there's two flashbacks in this film, and they both look like they were badly recorded via VHS off a different telly. It's very, <laughs> yeah. it's very, I can only assume they were aiming for this is supposed to look older than now, but it just looks bad quality, sadly. Um, but the, uh, the the baby turtles, when they first start changing and they're going like, radical, radical, they look, um, the design of those is like based on the very first design that... Um, Eastman oh, cool. and Ned ever yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um absolutely adorable. Uh also a tiny bit terrifying. Um yeah. but I loved that and I loved tiny Splinter doing little oh, ninja moves yeah. in his cage. <laughs> I love that. That was How so cute cool. was that? I, I thought it. it was amazing that they did that in like what a, a minute flashback, something like that. And you think yeah. nowadays, there's your first 40 minutes of the movie. Yeah, yeah they'd be, that'd go on and on and on there. They'd spend mm. ages on that. And like one thing I noticed, because obviously the, the original origin of the Turtles was like, I don't even know if it was a parody even or if just a complete lift from Daredevil's origin. Yeah. yeah it's about, yeah. you know, a radioactive canister falls off a truck, hits a kid in the eye. That's Daredevil. That's Daredevil. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then it careens off him, hits a kid <laughs> who's holding a, a you know, a terrarium full of you know, turtles. <laughs> they land in the sewer. The chemist goes in the sewer, and like the the radioactive ooze covers the turtles and blah blah blah. They don't even bother with any of that. They literally just go, oh yeah, these turtles got covered in radioactive ooze. That's literally the yes. all the exposition they give you is. Yeah, then really, I found the turtles covering radioactive ooze. But it's and the it's second move. The second movie tells you the secret of that ooze, Lee. <laughs> <laughs> it tells you the secret of that ooze, which is not uh, an interesting well, actually. But... You've got to admire the fact that they just go, nah, screw it, kid, kid yeah. you know, they don't want to, we don't, they know it. Yeah, yeah. They don't, don't need you to, yeah, fuck around. Yeah. Like, they're just like, yeah. look, you just need to know nuclear goop, the end. Yeah. Because <laughs> I loved in the making of, the, the two creators were talking about, they were just tossing ideas, drawing silly things, having a laugh you know, throwing, throwing the illustrations to one another. And they basically said, yes, yeah, so it's basically Daredevil and we love Daredevil. And we were like, yeah, how can we sort of like parody? Because Daredevil's like mentor teacher was uh, Stick. Yeah. And they went, yeah. so Splinter. Yeah, yeah smaller Splinter. That's, Splinter. That's, yes, yeah. that's right. So that that's uh, that's who their mentor is, their father figure. Yeah. And I love that. The hands become the foot. The foot, and it just oh, but it's so brilliant because even though they've done that, it's not. I don't feel it's really parodying. You know, no, it's, not, like it's, like it's its own entity. It's just like that's like a launch pad, like it's you just said. It's, it's like, what's that happened to Daredevil? This just happened to them, like you just said. Yeah, and it, then, it, then it's, it's almost like an Easter egg rather than yeah. like a parody. It's just like nudge, nudge, wink, wink. It's like it's like if there was an origin where you know. 
Superman's rocket ship from when he was a baby careened off a satellite and crashed the satellite, and that's where the radioactive. It's not like that. It's just like a, a you know a nudge and a wink and an Easter egg. It's it's yeah. it's it's not you know parody or anything like that. But it's but yeah, it's it's funny. I'm I know the um when they were like saying that when they were writing it, they were trying. They, originally it was going to be like a kids thing, and then they wanted to the tone they wanted to go for was Ghostbusters. Um, I don't, I, I don't that. think they quite yeah. hit that. No, but I can no. see that they were aiming there. But, but you think yeah. that's what they're going for. I, I, yeah, it's kind of like they're, they're going for that kind of. Um, it, I mean, I think I, I think Ghostbusters was aimed more for adults, and then kids yeah. went along too. Whereas this was aimed <laughs> at kids, and you think the kids are the adults are going to come along too. But but I get I get what they're after that kind of that kind of. Uh, and I think. And also kind of visually in, in like cinematography as well with this, there has got that feel of a little bit Ghostbusters, but also not quite as neon as Batman, but mm. sort of edging towards it as well. So it was all that seems to be that kind of era of it's, hero it's, it's, movie. Yeah, it's interesting when you consider because it does look like that kind of noirish look of Batman. Yeah. So that, it, then I think it's kind of natural to go, oh, well, so they're lifting that look from Batman. They would have mm. seen the trailers and shit and gone, oh, we should do something like that. But then you learn that they were shooting at the same time and these yeah. were done independently. And you, and that's just parallel evolution. That's just parallel development. And you think, well, there must have been something in the water. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It does feel very 90s as well. But yes. like some yeah. of the music cues in it, yeah. Like me, well, I mean, even crack. more than that, it's it's super eighties, I think. Although it yeah. comes out in the, in ninety, it is very eighties. The music, like it's all you know, the rap and like hip hop, sound of you know, beatboxing in the background and and yeah, all I that mean, kind of stuff is super kind of eighties. Because I mean, talking about the rap, the you know, the theme, the theme song, Total mm-hmm. Power, and I found it interesting because I, as far as I understood it, and you, you guys know, especially you, Stacey, you'll say. In the comics, Raph is the leader, but in the cartoon it was Leo, and apparently in the film it was also Leo. But you go to the the rap song. <laughs> yeah, he fucked it, didn't he? <laughs> it did, yeah. And it says Raph, he's the leader of the group. Yeah, he's no, not. No, 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 no. And, and and they fixed that in uh, in future versions of the song, apparently. Oh, did they? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they had to because so many people were like, no, we ain't. No, we ain't. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing, right? As as an outsider, I yo. Know, I could I could tell that the yeah you know, I, I knew who Rafe was, and I knew who Michelangelo was. The other two, there was no you know. How dare you not know Donatello? Donatello, oh, the you know, one. He I, I, I came out going, I, was Leonardo even in it? So, Do you know what? Do you know what? I'm glad you said that, right? Because yeah. I was having this conversation with Rich the other day, in that we cannot fathom like. And I'm not having a go at it like I'm j- take this with a pinch of salt. This is me just being daft. But I don't understand people who have Leonardo as a favourite because he is so devoid of any sort of character that's not Raph. Stop it's, being a dickhead. Like yeah, that's yeah. all that Leo does ever it's in like, like every version of the Turtles that I've ever come across. He's just there to go Raph. He's, stop he's, being a dickhead. Yeah, he's, he's, he's the side He is. He really, he, he he's really is. He's a straight guy. Yeah, you know, yeah. he's, he's the cyclops saying to Wolverine, "Calm down, pull it back, yeah. stop that." He's <laughs> the apple polisher that no one likes. Yeah, and but what I, what I found interesting was, and again, this is me, so I don't want to offend anybody who might be a big <laughs> Turtles fan. Reading the comics, I was going, okay, clearly, 
they're winging this as they go along, right? Mm. And the the personalities of the turtles are very interchangeable uh, in the comic, in the early comics. Yes. Later on, I can't say. I've only read the first, you know, seventeen issues, uh, and you're thinking, okay, clearly Rafe is the is the angry one because he mm-hmm. goes off and there's that scene where he meets um, Casey Jones and stuff like that. Uh, but then he comes back and then somebody else will be the angry one in the next issue. Uh, and stuff like that. And like the Michelangelo's kind of party persona, the, the cowabunga stuff and the, like, the surfer dude stuff isn't in the comic at no, all. No, no, it's not. Uh, and they're very kind of interchangeable. And that's not necessarily a problem, really, because you don't need them to have personalities. It's not that kind of deep. Yeah. They, they all look the same, so you're going to assume they're kind of clones of each other or whatever. <laughs> you know, it's it's not a you know it's not a deal breaker. Um, whereas you know, I, I know I know that that when they they it got bought as toys, and he, here's here's the quick here's a quick history lesson on the on the on the development of it. It was the comic, then he got sold as toys first, and then the cartoon. As I learned uh, recently, you know. The toys always came first, and the yeah. comic was literally an advert for the toys. The, the you know, uh, Mass of the Universe, He Man, and all that, uh-huh. G.I. Joe, the cartoons were made to sell the toys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I remember when He Man first came out, and everybody was complaining about, oh, they're just big toy adverts. And I'm going, well, no, the, you know, the, the cartoon's the cartoon, and the toys are the toys. But no, I was wrong. They were literally the cartoons <laughs> yeah. were made. Well, that's why they would. Toys. That's why they would bring in new characters like every yeah. week. Like, oh yeah. no, it's like Moss Man for a laugh, or yeah. whatever. <laughs> just because so, it's just like here's another toy you can spend money on. And then apparently yeah. that's when the government were like, yeah, we need to stop this we need now. To stop this doing this. Yeah, this is why you couldn't get those on the BBC. They wouldn't because they were seen as advertising. Yeah. So that yeah, that's why you couldn't get He Man on the BBC, and they were gutted because they knew it was going to be big. God bless anyway, <laughs> so yeah, so I can rent it. Fuck it. So um, so so obviously the, the toy companies went and went into and went. Okay, this is kind of promising. This is kind of funny. This is a funny title. That's a real good hook of a title. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's hilarious. But these characters, we can't. Basically, we got one toy here to sell, which is mm-hmm. the turtle. So they're all the same. How can we make these? Yeah, because they even had the same. They all had red bandanas. They, had red, in the they all had red, red bandanas. So, yeah, so it was only the weapons. It was only oh, the weapons. Okay. Yeah, it's different. I think we even even like as you know, <laughs> cold. I was thinking like how do you tell them apart? Yeah, they they would. So literally, you look at the original toys, and like one's got a. <laughs> One's got like a sneer on the left hand side. One's got a sneer on the right hand side. One's sneering on both sides, and one's got a closed mouth. And it's <laughs> that's a, yeah, we can sleep tonight now. That's what we've done. So that's what. So they brought in the like the different coloured bandanas. They brought in the the different you know the uh, the initials on the belt, mm. stuff like that. And it was and that, and it was the toy guys who developed the personalities and went okay. This is, and they de- developed it for the cartoon and go, oh, this one's the party dude, this one's the angry one, this one's, you know, the leader, and this one's the science guy. This one does machines, which is a yeah, real bad way it. of putting it. So, yeah, and, and you're thinking, and they really kind of, you think, give a bit, you got to give a bit of credit to the to the toy guys, <laughs> yes. because they did a lot of fucking development that Eastman and Laird didn't do. <laughs> they did a lot of the heavy lifting. But they did a lot of work. Because yeah. Mikey is for sure my favourite. I love that surfer dude. 
There was always the complaint. I mean, when they were making, the writers were going, okay, everybody knows who Mikey is because he's the Cowabunga. He's the one everybody quotes. Yeah. But all the other three are interchangeable. Now, I'm sure kids knew the difference because kids do. I I mean, I I remember when my star was going, well, that's clearly him and that's clearly him. And my mum just going, they all look the same to me. (laughs) And that's Star Wars figures. You know, and they're like radically different. So, um, but yeah, you kind of, you, and then I know that when they were, I read interviews with the writers saying that, yeah, their, their mission number one was to give all the, all the turtles different personalities. And I'm like, okay, yeah, you've gone from having one turtle with a personality to having two turtles with personalities. You know, <laughs> the, that's, that's a step up. But, you know, I don't, unless, the, I mean, you don't know what was on the cutting room floor, you know? Mm. So whether Leo and uh, Donatello had a lot more, um, much more moments on there because you do you do like i say it's a 90 minute movie which is super su- feels super short these yeah. days yeah uh, i liked that about it though i've got to admit oh no yeah like having watched i mean I, i'm assuming that you haven't seen the um the michael bay turtles movies that came out no. in like 2014 no. or whatever. <laughs> so i actually don't mind those either but like i'm one of these people you see who's like when it's something i genuinely love i'm actually just happy to have more of that thing so like i'm very aware of the flaws of those movies but i think there's still an awful lot to like Mm -hmm. but there is a lot more sort of like let's go into the big long setup of this thing and i'm like Mm. i don't want that i want to fight i want to see him fight (laughs) that's all i want to that's all i want to see i I, I kind of was watching thinking (laughs) do you know what some some of the current you know superhero movies and i love fucking superhero movies this is not me dunking on superhero movies at all but you do kind of think like we don't need a big deep look into Batman's origin anymore. We don't need a big deep look into Spider-Man's yeah. origin. Mm. We you can't you can just come in and like with a two minute pre-credit sequence have Peter Parker get bit on the hand and move yeah. on. Yeah. I was just you know? thinking that as well. You know, we we see so many of them now, and it's it's it is pop culture pop oh god pop culture mm. that we all kind of know how how. Batman became Batman, how yeah. Spider-Man is him, how Superman well, is Superman, you know. Yeah, even you people don't who don't really read exactly. know exactly that about yeah, Spider-Man exactly. and Batman and stuff. I mean, I was joking with my mum the other day about not needing to see the Waynes die again in a Batman yeah, movie. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, I don't I don't know that she's seen anything other than the Michael Keaton one because she thought Keaton was terrible and was just like, I guess Batman movies aren't for me. And then I disowned my mum because she's clearly got no taste <laughs> in movies or Batman. Um <laughs> she's a terrible terrible human being no i love my mom she's great um steering it back to the turtles a little bit i'm a little bit offended that you think donatello hasn't got personality but i will say um the big issue with donnie in a lot of versions of the turtles is that um the big thing that people play up on in the movies uh, particularly but also in the cartoons and in some of the comics is Raph and Leo constantly butting heads because yeah. Leo's supposed to be the one to lead and Raph is like why aren't you doing anything you bell end and yeah. they just fight all the time and so M- Mikey and Donnie are often relegated to sitting in the background going like should we get the fucking popcorn I just know <laughs> I mean, this hair again. Raph is quite right as well. Why isn't Leo doing anything? (laughs) Oh, there's a great bit in Secret of the Use that really tickled me where three of them are trying to rescue Raph from the foot and they're all caught in a net. And both of uh, both of Leo's katana are just on his back and he's going, are we going to get out of this net? 
If only we could get out of this net and it turns out that in the end, Splinter, and this is so awkward, I'm going to have to show you a clip of this later, it's so awkward, they try and get the puppet to fire a bow and arrow, it's laughable. Um, <laughs> so it's so funny. Like I, I, I've got to admit, I love Secret of the Use as well, even though it is... Um, not as good as this film even and i know this film isn't technically very good <laughs> um but like there's there's bits in it that really make me laugh the little two raft joke in secret of the ooze genuinely makes me laugh out loud if i ever see that scene and i don't laugh you know there's something terribly terribly wrong because i think it's really funny i'm going to tell it to you now and you're going to not think it's very funny at all <laughs> but there's like a bit where the <laughs> where the foot clan have like captured raft so the other three go to get them and they're trying to sneak into the base and they're like uh it's a little bit quiet around here isn't it and then i was like yeah it's a little bit too quiet and then they like uh stealthily take down two foot ninjas and they're like mm, that was a bit easy wasn't it and donnie's like yeah it's a little bit too easy and then they peek around a corner and donnie goes oh there's raf <laughs> michael and joe goes mm, a little too raf <laughs> it's so silly <laughs> but every time i watch it i absolutely cry <laughs> It's one of the best jokes ever written. I'm not. <laughs> oh dear, she's gone. Oh my god. Oh god. I'm so sorry. And I've got to admit, I've got to admit, I kind of wish that that scene was in this movie because then I think <laughs> this movie might actually be genuinely perfect. Um, what I will say as well, though, that I have to bring up is talking about like jokes in the film. Mm. It's a running thing in the in all three of the movies that the film ends with um, Splinter making a funny, but he's never actually telling a joke. <laughs> like, I don't know if you noticed that in this film, when he says, haha, I made a funny and they all start laughing. All he'd actually done is said, I've always liked cowabunga. <laughs> so he's just expressing a, a preference for a word that's not a joke they all laughed because they high-fived and said cowabunga and it was fun <laughs> but they, yeah it happens again in the second one i can't remember what exactly it is he says but it's literally just a statement and then he goes haha i made a funny and the credits roll and you're like what is going on and then in oh, the third one time. he puts a lampshade on his head and does a little wiggle and that's oh, his i remember funny. that <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, all of them terribly I unfunny. Are... But well, I sort of love that that's how the movie ends, with with Splinter thinking he's... Very, it's like a very dad thing, isn't it, to think yeah, you've done something true. really funny, yeah. but you haven't. <laughs> well, according to numbers, the first movie is the most successful of the entire franchise. Oh, yeah, I can't imagine why. <laughs> Apart from the straight-to-video or you know, straight-to-DVD, whatever, of Batman versus the Turtles. Which is oh, that was animated. wonderful. Oh, that's so good. You should I've not that. seen it, so I'll have, Very to, good. I'll have to look that one up. But I did, um, I'd had a quick look at what sort of reviews were around, and I had a look to see what Empire said about it. And I think this quote, I, <laughs> I'm i going to say maybe it sums it up for us. Do, maybe more for me in today's. I don't know, Lee. Let's see what you think when I read it out, okay? So Empire said, a well-rounded, unpretentious, very funny knockabout adventure subtly blended so that it's for fun for all the family and that was a four out of five stars review i mean that i is that is that from the time or is that one their current that was according to their website that was from the time so that was the film was released here in november of 1990 and the review came out in uh, january 2000 okay so that's what it says on their website from a Lloyd Bradley of Empire magazine. Yeah, because my, my issues with with Empire at the time was I loved Empire magazine, but I I always disagree with their reviews. Oh yeah, 
and and it was like yeah I, I used to go yeah it's a great magazine great reportage and everything and but don't pay attention to their reviews because their review, reviews are fucked up um so and i found out like if they they would give like five star reviews which was there was unmissable for stuff you should see whether it's good or bad if they thought you should see it so like oh. phantom men it's got five stars get off and it's like, no that's not what we want from reviews oh. we want to know if they're good not like oh you have to go and see this because it's star wars Oh, I bet. Like the first, oh, no, fuck off. That's not what you. That's not what we want reviews for. So, did they, did yeah, they give so, the lighthouse five stars? Because you shouldn't fucking see no, either. So, so, yeah. So I was always, always falling out with Empire over their reviews. I used to skip their review section a lot of time. So should if, I take it then that you didn't agree with that review? So I, thought, I, thought that, I thought that was actually no. I actually thought that was pretty even-handed. I thought okay. That's, that's okay. It's not my cup of tea. There was no. a lot of stuff. You know, it's not what I'm going to watch again anytime yeah. soon. Yeah, yeah. It is what I would watch with my. I was going to uh, say, would you watch nieces. it with your nephew and nieces? Well, I'd watch I, it with the kids. I think they'd love it if they get into it. Yeah, it's something I I could I could tell you now. If I was watching it with the kids, I would have probably enjoyed it more. For their because reactions. Cause and that. Yeah, because there's stuff. Yeah. You know, I as as an old man, I'm not going to. I'm I'm going to. You know, watching it as an old man, I'm going to, you know, watch it as an old man. You know, old man reactions. Watching, watching something with kids and then you're, you're seeing it through their eyes. Mm. Uh, like, for example, I, I, I bought Total Tangent. Years ago, I bought like a Dogman book for, for my nephew. And I read it and I thought, this is garbage. I can't <laughs> believe. And it was like a free book day book, so it cost me a pound. I mean, this is atrocious. I can't <laughs> believe. I paid a pound for this. And I can't believe, what's he, Dav Pilkey is like the number one children's author or whatever. I thought this is garbage. And uh, fast forward like five years and my niece, who was probably like two and a half, three at the time, picked up and I, and I was reading it to her and she was loving it. And I was going, oh, I get this now. I <laughs> I get where the jokes are because a two-year-old is laughing. He's finding, it, you know, and I, I get it. I get the, the fact that it's, you know, it's a, a joke about, a, you know, a policeman with a dog's head drinking water at the toilet. <laughs> and it's badly drawn because it's drawn as if it's been drawn by a 10, you know, a yeah. nine-year-old boy. And all that. I was just going, this is, man, he's seen the publishing industry come in. He can just wank out any old shit. <laughs> And they're there and he's just counting the money. He's just counting the money. And he's just t- he must take a week to do these books. You know, he's just tossing these things off like like nobody's. No wonder the shelves full of them. He can he can he can do these while he's sat on the toilet. You know, there's there's no. But, you know, but when when I was watching them with. Sorry, I seem to have just gone into a big rant there. I hope I'm just, but, <laughs> pull it but back, man. Pull it with, back. with my niece. I kind of got it then. I'm going, yeah. oh, no, I, I dig where I still think Jamie Smart is a hell of a lot funnier, to be honest. Oh, I love he's Jamie Smart. Jamie you know, Smart. Yeah, if you're buying Dogman books for your kids, get Jamie Smart stuff. Get Bunny versus Monkey. Oh, yes, get Lushkin. Lushkin. Yeah, and Lushkin, because they're fucking hilarious. Yeah, they're so funny. A week I got, I, I know we're off on a tangent, but it's a funny animal comic, so I think it counts. <laughs> I, yeah. bought, I bought Bunny versus, because my, my niece is, big into dogman i got a dogman i got another first bunny versus monkey um book for christmas and she opened those she's like oh dogman 
And then she was like, oh, Bunny Bits and Monkey, don't know what that is, you know, whatever. And I'm kind of like, that was like a pang to my chest going, oh, but that was the one. <laughs> so a couple of nights later, we actually, she came around again after Christmas and we really didn't like Dogman. And then we read Bunny vs. Monkey. And there was me, my mum, my sister, and I was reading to my niece. We were in the living room. And I was reading Bunny vs. Monkey and pissing myself. <laughs> my sister was pissing herself. My mum was pissing herself. And we were just in, st- I had to keep stopping to get my breath back. Um, and I, I would say, just read these things out loud because they catch you out as you're saying <laughs> the jokes catch you out as you're reading them out. You know, I can't believe I just said that. I have actually so, added them to my wish list on Amazon to get because uh, I, you know, I've, I do that trip around the sun again in yeah. a few days' time. Yeah. Uh, so if I get any vouchers, that's what I'll be spending it on. Um, it's a little bit of that. I fucking love Jamie Smart. He, he, he is. <laughs> he's, he's just. He's just so underrated oh. he should be a rock star he, should he really should be a rock he really star. should i mean the stuff he did even for adults like bear oh yeah. i love bear yeah. and i loved um did you ever read <laughs> corporate skull yes yeah, oh, yeah. I, I just couldn't think the title of it but yes oh, i, I love it. corporate skull and oh. uh wobble the web comic about working wobble, in an wobble, office yeah. as well Fantastic. absolutely killed did, me oh, i used to print those off and put them around my uh, my office when i was allowed to have personal items in my cubicle but i'm not anymore yeah he did, he did a, he did a hardcover graphic novel called I think I can't Oki Wanaba Kochi Wanaba yeah I've got that yeah that was great amazing just mm. absolutely disturbing and beautiful and yeah. oh just incredible so but, that's uh, our big um, recommendation yes if you're still listening to our tangent please so go out yeah. and find Jamie Smart he's on Twitter well, the first but episode of Never Read do you want to hear a couple more turtle movie facts so you know the pizza dude who's got 30 seconds and he doesn't know where to deliver to 122 and an eighth that's actually the guy who's in the michelangelo suit that is michelin sister and then you know the guy who gets cross in the back of the taxi that raf sort of runs into at one point yeah that's raf Um, I, I, I would have assumed I would have assumed that Donnie and Leo appear somewhere, but I can't find any information on that online. Yeah, so I guess yeah. they must just be knocking around there's, randomly I'll, in crowd scenes or whatever. I've gone but, blank. Um, there, I, I know I learned there was there was another couple of like brief gap, uh, cameos in the in the kid gang. There's two others in there who went on to become famous actors, and I've gone blank. And I oh, didn't write them down he, in my notes. Look it up while I tell Ulrich? you. Was he in there? Oh, I don't know. Who was that? Sorry? Was that Skeet Ulrich? It might not be. Yeah, Skeet Ulrich. Yeah, Skeet Ulrich's in there. And there's there's, there's another one. But, um, but yeah, the, the India think, wow. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, there's, and, uh, there's one joke in this film that for reasons I can't quite fathom, Royal's rich up to no end. He really, he really hates it. And, uh, and it's the bit where in, um, Casey and Raph's first meeting, like they're beating each other up, and um, and Casey takes out a cricket bat and he says, "Oh, you know, let's play a little game of cricket." And Raph says, uh, "Cricket, cricket, you got to know what a crumpet is to understand cricket," which is is an insane joke that makes no sense anyway, because like cricket's not that hard to understand, and also a crumpet's just like a bread thing, mate. Like that's not that difficult to look up either. <laughs> um, but I find it really funny because I like to royal rich up by pretending I don't know what a crumpet is. So, <laughs> so when we were watching, 
watching it the other day. He was like, that joke makes no sense. Cricket's really easy to understand and crumpets are just bread. And I was like, are they, though? What makes them so bubbly compared to bread? They've got, they've got, they can't be a bread. And he was like, well, if they're not a bread, what are they? I was like, I don't know. That's what I'm asking you. And I'll just, <laughs> ri- I'll, I'll just keep riling him up. What that's a wonderful relationship I've asked about, about pikelets, as we call them in the Midlands. Yeah. I was going to know what they are. And it's only because in an episode of Red Dwarf, the talky toaster talks about <laughs> crumpets being bread. And I'm like, are they bread? Because the I'm like, are they pastry? Are they, what they are bread? They? They're something else. But there's, I mean, never... there's, there's like something in them that makes them more aerated than just yeah. regular old bread. Yeah, and obviously like they, bread, but yeah, yeah. It, but they are a type of bread. Yeah. But I just yeah, love riding Rich up about it because I'll go, but it doesn't taste like bread. It's different to bread. <laughs> and you can't just eat a crumpet raw like you could a piece. No. Like if you have no. bread, you can't just have like a crumpet. You have to cook a crumpet. You have to have a hot yeah. crumpet. Yeah, you, have to have it. you can't just eat it like you could eat a slice of bread. That's no, you can't insane. just slap some butter on it and have it with, you know, no, wedge of cheese and yeah. Yeah, madness. But Rich, like that joke, I don't know why it riles him up so much, but I love absolutely needling him about it <laughs> you know when you say that cricket's really easy to understand uh-huh well the basics of cricket because here's the thing I, right, I, run. I hate i hate cricket i think it's yeah. one it's so close to being the most boring sport and it's just close by golf yeah exactly yeah. that's just walking around with a stick i've got a little fact Ooh, go on, then. Go on, then. of obscure actors and i know you're a fan of paul rudd do you want to know a Paul Rudd Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fact? Absolutely. Yes. He's, oh, my God, he's, my two favourite things collide. He's in the video, the advert for one of the video games. <laughs> yeah. If, if, you, if you search, I can't tell you which one, whether it's the first video game they did or whatever, you'd have to Google. And he's in there and he looks about 12. <laughs> so he looks like he does now. So yeah. he, looks, he, looks, he looks marginally younger than he does now. The man doesn't age. But, no, it, it's freakish. It's he the only evidence I've seen that he does age because he's clearly young, younger <laughs> in yeah. this. So, yeah, he's, he's in the advert. It was in, again, it was in that um, Turtle Mania documentary mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. And it was just this advert for one of the games. And I was like, holy, did a proper spit take. Holy shit, that's Paul Rudd. Um, but, yeah, so there you go. So, yeah. Um, I'm just noticing how long we've been rambling. I was uh, about to say. Should we so, can I just... This? Can I just throw out a couple of other bits that I just wanted to, like, so quickly that I just wanted to point out? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. This film has the song Tequila in it, which gets a, a plus from me. I even to though, ask you about that. Even though they sing the word ninjutsu <laughs> there instead. Uh, but it's it's adorable, and I think that's really sweet. And I also really love um, April's reaction to first meeting the turtles when she wakes up in the sewer. Because, <laughs> because so many films will have a bit where somebody meets a turtle and they're like, ah, and then they just accept it within, like, two seconds. <laughs> Whereas she's sitting there for ages, like, I'm dead, I've died, and this is hell. <laughs> Or some sort of perjury. I'm dead. I got killed by the foot, and now this is my life. I guess. Why does it smell so bad? I hate everything about how I got here, which I just think is a wonderful, um, very sort of human reaction to waking up to Splinter's face dangling over your head. Um, yeah. And uh, and I also really love how, and they do this in like the comics and the TV and the cartoons and stuff as well. I also love how sometimes the turtles are like the epitome of stealth, and then other times. They're just rolling around, doing whatever, gobbing off 
and Splinter's like, did anybody see you? And they're like, nah. <laughs> like, <laughs> dudes, you were just rolling around on the, the like streets just shouting, like, cowabunga and, like, bossa nova and what other ever stupid words, um, which I find really funny. And then, finally, I just wanted to point out how fantastic Raph's rage cartwheels on the roof are. <laughs> I love the idea that he's really cross and he's just like, oh, fucking hell, cartwheel. I wish wish we could get a Turtles movie with swearing in because I Mm. bet Raph swears all the fucking time. (laughs) (laughs) And I would love it. I would love it if he would just like absolutely let rip. That would be really funny to me. He'd be like, Um, um, oh shit, his name's escaped me. Doesn't matter. It'll come to me later. I'll text it to you later. But it'd be like him, just F-bombing everywhere. Yeah. So yeah. tell me, right, tequila, because I remember doing your live. Yes. Show, and we used tequila a bit for that. Yeah. So it's the reason you love the song tequila. Yeah. Because of this film. This film, yeah. 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 So I think it was the first time I ever heard it. And I thought, what a great little song this is. Yeah. And then it, uh, it, okay, I will freely admit, if we're sort of moving on to final thoughts now, yeah, I will freely admit that um, I regularly watch this film. And when I say regularly, I would say probably at least once a year. Is this your comfort movie? (laughs) It's one of my comfort movies. And also it's like one of those movies that just like, it just always makes me like laugh and feel happy. Like it's, um, even though there's like really stupid bits in it. And like I say, I do cringe at some of the things that Mikey says um, every now and again. One One of the things that I forgot to mention that I actually really love as well is that for no apparent reason, they give Donatello this sort of tick of like rubbing the top of his head every now and again. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why he does that. It's like he's trying to smooth down his hair and be cool. But I'm like, yeah, it's like, you're a turtle. suddenly realised he's gone bald. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really weird, but it's really funny. I don't know why they did. There must be some reason. We don't, you'd have to like, I'll ask Leif Tilden. He's, he's my best friend. I met him once. Um, <laughs> um, oh, by the way, have you seen the, the, the original ending? There's, there's, um, yes, I have. The, the deleted yeah. ending was is like on YouTube. Yeah. Which, it's quite a nice little scene. Um, so so the original ending is that Shredder yeah. falls into a bin van and then Casey brutally murders him by setting the <laughs> trash compactor off. <laughs> no, no, oh, I read the, the one where they go and um, I think it's it's Danny the Kid, pointless fucking character, yeah. and mm-hmm. April go to pitch um, the comic, Teenage Mutant yeah. Ninja as a comic to some ah. publisher. And uh, the publisher basically goes, oh, yeah, goes, oh, that's a fun title, but yeah, it's too far fetched. And <laughs> you've, got the, you've got the four. He's standing in front of a window on like the twentieth floor of the building or something. You got the four um, Ninja Turtles sort of hanging out the window, sort of all laughing, in. and just yeah. But yeah, that's that's. I don't know why they cut that, but it's it would have to be like post credit scene. If yeah. that was done yeah, today, yeah, that'd be a post credit. Yeah, I think it's one of those. Yeah, I think yeah. now they'd have included that. As a mid-season, at uh, mid-season, mid-credits um, yeah. bonus seat. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, I love this film. That, that those are my final thoughts. Those I love are it. final thoughts. Watch it all the time. <laughs> Lee, what about you? Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, it's not. I didn't love it. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I'm glad to have seen it and kind of ticked that box. Oh, I'm that's not good. Feeling, yeah, yeah. It's, it, I'm not feeling like I wasted an hour and a half. Um, it is kind of like, and yeah, if only for the fact that I can go now. I've seen every comic book movie, <laughs> you know. It, it does feel like you know, like a gratuitous like little hole. So, which is what the point? A gratuitous little hole is a great insult that I'm going to have to write down. 
sorry. Just talk amongst yourself for a second. <laughs> Little hole. Okay. Oh, um, you made me snort. So, <laughs> so, but yeah, so it was good. I think I think there was a lot. I, you know, if I'd have been ten, I'd have I'd have gone. The, I liked the Supergirl movie when that came out. Oh, so nice. had I been ten when I'd seen it, I I probably would have gone for it gangbusters you know yeah, because it yeah, would have yeah. been i'm sure it would have been at the time an absolute revelation of, of different you know yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Been, there wouldn't have been anything else like it and there hasn't really been any like i was saying there's been nothing i mean you look at you know i think maybe there was there was i think probably the closest movie that came after it was like three ninjas which yeah, is nothing yeah. Like, then there's warriors of virtue that came in 97 yeah, which was which was you know puppet prosthetics and martial arts. That was not your seven. Super Mario Brothers was probably oh dear, the dear closest, me. I guess, mm. in tone. Or Power Rangers, but like Power Rangers kind of took over where you know when when Turtle Mania finished. When it died down, yeah, yeah. Power Rangers kind of took the baton and carried on. That was a whole separate phenomenon. But yeah, so it's it's still a pretty kind of I hate saying pretty unique. Because you you can't there's no variation you know graduations are unique either it is or isn't but there was there was nothing else like it really mm. uh, at all so and and it's still it's still like a a unique little little bubble in its own in its own right so even with all the comment you know again you know it's like maybe the mask was kind of similar mm-hmm. yeah, not yeah. really you know uh, but. But yeah, so yeah, I did. I, I yeah, I enjoyed it. It's probably a bit too strong. There, there was bits. There was bits of it I really liked, and there's bits you know that surprised me in a good way. There was there was a lot of stuff where I look. It's not the Joker. I wasn't telling it to fuck off every fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can't um, wait for Joker too, can we? Yeah. Special <laughs> episode on that watch along. Didn't even finish the if first one. You think I'm gonna watch that for <laughs> any reason at all? You you don't know me. I I, you know, I must be a glutton for punishment because part of me when I heard it might be a musical was like I'm intrigued. Kind of like how sometimes you sort of want to look at a car crash even though you know you shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, it's one of them. No, don't they do. literally suckered me into what I I knew it was going to be not my cup of tea, and that's me being kind, not my cup of tea. But like just a wave of Oscar nominations and everything yeah. else. Well, I know I'm a fool for not going to see this now it's clearly a masterpiece that i i'm i'm completely off on but it wasn't and then you watch it and you go no i was right it's garbage and (laughs) you know folks who are listening you only have to listen to an episode of stacy's parlor that lee is a guest on and i will get a shout out because i text him in the middle of recording to say started it stopped it shit or along those lines (laughs) but Jenny, yeah. what did you think about Ninja Turtles? I really enjoyed it, and I think I think like you, Stace, it will be one that will be added to my collection of of little movies like this. That is, that's going to make me happy, you know. If I'm having a bit of a short and sweet, yeah. If I'm having a bit of a bad day and I want something just, you know, it, it's like what it's like. Master of the Universe. Whenever Master of the Universe is on, I'll probably watch it. And mm-hmm. the funny thing is, the majority of our nerdy um a little community that we have you'll see on like facebook or twitter they're all probably watching it at the same time it's that <laughs> it's that kind of thing yeah 
so I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the little nostalgia kick from it. I think the, the characters are fun. There's always going to be little. I mean, come on. I love Greece, too. I love it more than Greece. So <laughs> we'll get to that, Lee. Don't you? Yeah. You've seen it. Don't worry. I, I, I've seen I've seen Greece. Too. Seen we don't, don't need to cover that. We don't. Need to. <laughs> okay. That's fine. We're that could done. be one for me and Stace on some other thing some other day another another podcast stace has got a dozen other podcasts you can you can talk about <laughs> i don't need to be involved but no but for turtles sticking with that it's uh, it was a lot of fun i'm glad to have rewatched it and realized oh i have seen this i just don't remember a, a good you know third of it maybe more <laughs> but it, it was a good one to revisit and i'd quite like to see the second one i remember the third one and i'll it was all right. Do you know what? I, st- I still don't mind the third one either, if I'm honest. It's, I'm, not, I'm, it's I'm, nowhere near as good. One, but. Yeah, the third one I was tempted by when that came out. Because yeah, that's the time travel one where they go yeah. back to feudal Japan. Feudal Japan, that yeah. Yeah, that's the one. And now that is, is my wheelhouse. I will warn you I will warn you on this one if you do watch it the biggest problem with Turtles 3 to me is that their conceit with the time scepter is that... Um, if you go back in time, somebody from that time comes forward to sort of take your place, and it's got to be somebody of a relatively equal mass, they say, which doesn't make okay. sense in the film because obviously the turtles have got big, heavy shells, but just regular old Japanese dudes turn up. <laughs> yeah. But there's like a whole B plot of like Casey babysitting some feudal Japanese samurai blokes in the 90s, <laughs> and it's just no, it's just not, it's not as much as Oliver Elias Coteus. It, that is a just a plot that's that's the part where kids will have a laugh because like sumo wrestlers are discovering the telly for the first time or whatever like it's <laughs> it's not good at yeah. all. Oh, um, I would but like, the, but the but the Japan part, great. I liked it a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I'd like I'd like to watch the Batman v Turtles. I'd like that's, that. That is very good. Yeah, that that's, that's something I'll I'll actually seek it now because I just go oh I'll just avoid stuff. But, you know, having read the comics and kind of kind of learned to appreciate the, the original run of the comic. And I definitely want to get there's, there was like I think there was a three issue arc by Michael Zulli mm-hmm. that I've, I've always wanted. Because one of the things that again, sorry, Stace, one of the things that's always bugged me about the turtles is they look more like frogs. <laughs> and and I, I just but have you seen the frogs? Like, it's, turtle. it's like they're not turtles. They look like frogs. Why are you screaming? But, but have like you ever frogs. seen the frogs that are in it? No. Oh, there's like um, oh my God, there's uh, they're all named after like famous people as well, but it's like really bad. So it's like Attila the Frog and stuff like that. Like um, <laughs> oh what Napoleon Bonafrog, he's one. Um, and Toad. And yes, his name is Bonafrog. That might actually be one. That genuinely, I think it genuinely is actually. Now that you've said it, um, but they they definitely look like frogs. And for some reason, all wear Hawaiian shirts. But anyway, <laughs> that's the whole. <laughs> I want I want to get the, the Michael Zuli one because he kind of redesigned them and drew them. Actually, I think it's a, a darker, more serious take or whatever. Mm. And they look more like turtles. And they look more like because I drew you some turtles you for did. some reason. I can't remember why. And like as a statement, I drew them so they looked like turtles. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I found out Michael Zuli did some very similar. And I thought, okay. That's 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 the that's the universe telling me something. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it, it's telling me I should be drawing turtles, I guess. But anyway, you should you should. They were really good turtles. 
but I, I, I want to, yeah, so I want to hunt those down and um, and I'm a big fan of Michael's early artwork anyway. But and I, I am going to um, look for the, uh, the Batman Turtles animated movie as well. Yeah, do that, I, yeah. I think I could, I could sit through that now. Yeah, you've got through I, this, I, you can get through that. Yeah, I, I think... <laughs> Yeah, just just because I would, I just wouldn't have that the kind of resistance to yeah. it's fucking yeah. turtles. Yeah. Why, why, <laughs> one um, turtles? one thing I would recommend as well, and then I genuinely will shut up because we need to wrap this up. Yeah. yeah. Um, is uh, a couple of years ago at a San Diego Comic Con, they had like a handful of people like guest direct these little animated shorts. They're like they're only like six or seven minutes, and there's one by Yonan Vasquez, who's the guy behind. Invader Zim and um, Johnny the Homicidal Maniac, who did mm-hmm. one called Don versus Raph. Mm-hmm. And it's basically the story of like uh, Donnie and Raph get into a hole, like which one's better. Um, and they fight each other to a standstill. And so they start just doing increasingly ridiculous competitions to try and figure out which one of them is the best one. <laughs> and it's really funny. <laughs> it's very enjoyable. And it's on YouTube. So go and watch that. Right. I'm shutting up now, Jenny. Okay. We did it. We did it. We did it. <laughs> Just two hours and we got time for a good wrap up. So that was the Teenage Ninja Turtles from 1990, which we have now added to our list of films we have seen. We have seen. We have seen. So next month is uh, is my pick. And so next month we're going to watch the going back in time this time, guys. We're actually going to year of my birth. 1981. There you are. We're going to watch an American werewolf in London. Yes. Which I've never seen. And as you can tell from my great mates. This is is quintessential. Like when you mention, I'm like, what? (laughs) Yes. This this was exactly what this show was made for. Because the instant you text me that, I was like, how are we even friends? I know. Yeah, I mean, we were going to do something else. And then we were. were. And we will do, we're not going to tell you what that was. But we will do that film another time. I was like, I don't know that I can handle that one right now. Yeah. But uh, and this is one of those, and we'll talk about it more next month. It's one of those where you've seen so many clips, you think you've seen it, mm. but actually you haven't. And I did get from Stace when I said I haven't seen this one. I got the Jennifer Tallulah Newman <laughs> in Jennifer caps. Tallulah Newman. I should point out Tallulah's not actually my middle name, but <laughs> I mean it's a cool middle name because I'd be able to sing. My name is Tallulah. Anyway, I digress. That's next month's episode of Never Seen and. As you can tell, we can't wait to get to it. So that's a thank you and a cheerio from me. And stay uh, bye-bye. Early. Toodle pip. In whichever way round we get to it. <laughs> <laughs> I think we did it the wrong way. Uh, clearly we don't it. understand instructions. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's like the three Ronnies <laughs> or something. Anyway, until next time, friends. Never see Hi everyone, Jenny here. Just to let you know that Never Seen now has its own Twitter feed. You can find us at neverseen underscore pod. So come give us a follow and you will be the first to hear when episodes drop and remind us to go and listen to previous episodes. We can't wait to talk all things werewolf with you next month. Until then, cheerio. Cheerio.